0: Welcome to another episode. I'm going to be answering another question in this episode. Really good question regarding the prong collar and the fading of the prong collar. And this could be applied to any training tool for that matter, not just the prong collar. So I'm going to read you the question. This question was submitted by Willie Willie Wise, I think, or we, something like that in response to a prong collar video that I made on my YouTube channel at Dog Training Is My Passion. So the question is, it's a comment. So it says, thanks for the great video. I'm planning, and I'm going to break this question down a little bit into a couple of parts. I'm planning to include the prong collar to my training with my dog. It will be a first-time experience for me. After viewing endless videos of the introduction, fitting, etc., I think that I get the concept. What I am missing is any information on how to fade the prong collar. This would be very important for me before I start the training because I don't want to get dependent on it. Is there a chance of you making a video on that topic or any tips? So I'm going to break the question down into a couple, uh, or the the comment down into a couple of couple of um, couple of parts. The one part that I want to address is the the first part of his of his sentence, okay, or his the paragraph or the the comment. He says, "I'm planning to include the prong collar to my training with my dog. It will be a first time experience for me." That's the part I want to address first. If you're listening to this, Willie, and really anybody else, I'm not saying that you shouldn't use it. You should use it if that's something that you feel you uh, comf- comf- comfortable uh, doing. But I will just tell you a couple of things about that, okay? The, the prong collar is a training tool. And I'm telling you, and it is on the video too that I made, but the prong collar is just a training tool. I don't think, to me, the prong collar is not my f- ultimate favorite tool. I don't think I have an ultimate favorite favorite tool. But the prong collar has some limitations. You have to understand that. Okay, to me, the prong collar is a good training tool, and it's it can be appropriate to to uh, to many instances, to many applications. But it's not always the best training tool. Here's what the prong collar can do. The prong collar can agitate the dog. If you have a dog that is um, very uh wired pretty tight that you know they're they're very antsy, they're very jumpy. prong collars, prong collar corrections if not properly introduced, if not properly used, and even when properly used, it can still agitate the dog it can get the dog more hyped up remember the prong collar simulates a form of pressure that dogs are very familiar with it has a pinch all the way around the neck if you're if you're a little bit not confused but if, if the topic of the prong collar is fairly new to you i suggest you go to my youtube channel and uh and it's on there it's i believe it's under the uh lectures, playlist, and I believe it's called the truth about the prong collar or, or something like something along those lines. But if you're going to use the prong collar, you have to realize that it does have some limitations. One of those limitations is if you have a dog that is pretty hyped up and, and the dog is kind of new at it, you're kind of new at it, it can activate the dog, it can make the dog a little bit more antsy. This is why some people who don't understand the prong collar like to say things like, oh, prong collars create aggression. And it's it's not th- that it creates aggression, but on some dogs, it agitates the dog. If your correction is not proper or if your use of the prong is not proper because you're new, it can Make the problem even slightly worse, so you have to be aware of that. I'm not trying to discourage you from using it, but if it's kind of your first time with the tool, and and you know maybe your dog needs additional assistance than than just a a quick uh, training session that a, a prong collar can help you with, you might need to contact a professional. Okay, you have to be careful with the use of the prong collar because it's not always applicable to every dog. All right, now I want to go to the actual question, which is the main topic of this episode. And the question is, what I'm missing is any information on how to fade the prong collar. So basically, how do you fade away from a training tool? How do how do you fade away from the prong collar? And this could be, how do you fade away from the... E-collar, how do you fade away from, whatever training tool you're going to use. So I'm going to use the prong collar as an example, but this could be applicable to any training tool. You have to look at it this way. Some people love the idea of fading away. Here's why people love the idea, or maybe not love, but here's why some people are very invested in the idea of fading away from a training tool. Reason people love or uh, or are very attached and invested to the in the idea of fading away from a training tool is because in a very deep sense they've never really bought into the idea of using that tool. Okay, and this is normal. It makes sense if you don't fully understand the tool. Your first, que- one of your first questions, one of your top priorities is going to be okay, but how do we fade away from it once we do use it? Once we have done what we needed to do with it, how do you fade away from it? The reason why this happens is deep down in your subconscious or even in your conscious, you still think you're hurting your dog. You still think that it's just a necessary evil. So you think of the training tool as just a necessary evil. You don't want to really, you don't really like the idea of hurting your dog, but you feel at this point like you have to use it because that would be the best way for you to get what you also want, which is you want your dog to stop pulling, you want your dog to be better behaved, whatever the case might be, whatever training tool it might be. So when you think of it as a necessary evil, and you might disagree with me, you, and that is perfectly okay. You might you might think that's not why. I don't think that way. I don't feel that way at all. But just bear with me. Of course, if you don't agree with it at all and you think it's it's just a pile of garbage up to this point, you don't have to listen listen to the rest of this. But if you're interested in listening to another perspective, just hang tight for a few minutes. The reason why you, or people in general, this is very a very typical question of clients your average pet owner who hires a dog trainer. Very, very typical question. I've gotten this a bunch of times, right? Like when you talk about the training tool, one of the questions they'll, they'll ask is, how long do, does he have to use it for? When do we fit away from it? Think about this. Deep down, this person has never bought into the idea. They only look at it as, I have to do this temporarily. I don't want to do it permanently because my poor dog. I don't want to do this to my poor dog. At some point, I'm not going to need it anymore, so why would I keep using it? Okay? You need to first understand why this is a pressing question to most pet owners. And, Willie, if you're listening to this, think about that question to yourself. Okay? Okay? Deep, deep down. I mean, on the surface, you might have accepted it. You might have you might have thought to yourself, Yeah, that seems pretty reasonable. I'm gonna buy a prong call and I'm gonna use it because it makes sense. That's what I want to use. On a deep, deep, deep level, you still haven't fully bought into it. On a deep, deep level, you still feel like you wanna get rid of it as soon as you as soon as you feel you don't need it anymore. Okay. Now this is typically the feeling. Willie might have a completely different motivation. I don't know. Maybe Willie is thinking, just like he said in his question, you know, he said, I don't want to be dependent on it. That might be it. That might be that might be your motivation. It might not be that you think it's evil. You might be that you just don't want to be dependent on it. That's rarely the case. It's typically I haven't fully bought into it. And I know this because I've been there myself. I have been there myself. And I've also heard this question before from clients. And when I get to the root, when I keep talking, that's exactly how they feel. Oh, we, I just I, I just don't really want to use it. But if you feel like I have to use it, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't, I'm not telling you to use it. Here's how I think it could be helpful. But we don't have to. It's your dog. I'm here to help you get what you want help with. So anyway, let, let's go back to fading away. Okay, now you understand the main motive. Search deep in in your brain and and uh, and answer that question. You, do you is it because you think it's an it's a necessary evil? Like you feel like you have to use it, and when you're done, you just don't want to use it anymore. Okay, now now that you understand the main why. Now let's talk about the actual fading. Let's talk about this in this particular way. For any animal, for any animal to get into sort of a permanent-ish, permanent-ish behavioral pattern, there has to be the practice of the new behavior pattern for an extended period period of time. What do I mean by that? Is this If you're not used to getting up in the morning and you you used to waking up like at 9 or 10 in the morning and you're not used to getting up at 5 or 6 in the morning. This is not your normal behavior pattern, so for you to get used to that, you will have to wake up At 5 in the morning, you have to set up your alarm or somebody will have to wake you up at 5 every single day for at least 30 days, right? 25 to 30 days. Once that happens for at least 25 to 30 days, it will start to become part of your routine. What will happen on the 31st day is even if nobody wakes you up, remember, if somebody's been waking you up at 5 in the morning every single morning and you're not a morning person, but this is your new behavior pattern, what will happen is, let's say the tool that we use to wake you up is the alarm clock, okay? Let's say the tool is the alarm clock. And we go, okay, um, you know, we'll we're going to use the alarm clock as the necessary evil to wake you up in the morning to get you to be a morning person. And you're like, I'm not a morning person. I like to wake up, but you know, I, I like to sleep in until 10, 11. I'm not a morning person. I and mean, I come along and I go, hey, we are going to make you a morning person. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to use an alarm clock. And you go, ah, man, that's kind of a pain. I don't want to use an alarm clock. But, what I, but I go, no, we kind of have to because we want to make you a morning person. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the alarm clock. And in your mind, you might think, well, it's a necessary evil. So we're going to set that alarm for 5 in the morning every morning. What will happen is if I just use, if I just w- set the alarm clock for like three days in a row, by the fourth day, are you going to wake up on your own at 5? It's very unlikely. And if you do, you're going to go right back to waking up to sleeping until 10, 11 or whatever, right? So I can't just say, well, I need to fade away from the, from the, uh, the alarm clock. And I'm just gonna wake up after a couple of tr- couple of days, a few days. I'm gonna get rid of the alarm clock, and I'm gonna see if I can, if I can get away, if I can uh, now, if I can now be a morning person. Now, what will happen is we will have to set that alarm clock for at least twenty five to thirty days. If you've heard, of, you've heard of that concept, I'm sure some of you guys have. Basically, it means for something to become a new habit. For for something to to become a habit, you have to practice it for 25 to 30 days. After 25 to 30 days, it's a habit. You're going to keep doing it more long-term. If you've heard of this, you're familiar with that concept. So we're going to set the alarm for 30 days in a row. And here's what could happen. Maybe the 31st day, we forget to set your alarm. And this has happened to you if you've experienced this, this too. Maybe you forget to set the alarm and... but but you've been doing this for at least 30 days. On the 31st day, even if we don't set the alarm, you will probably wake up at 5 on your own. It's very likely that that will happen because we've been using this tool to wake you up for at least 25 to 30 days. Then it now is starting to become more of a long-term habit the same thing with working out i mean people don't like to work out and then we go all right all right all right." let's if we just make it into a habit let's just do this right let's work out in the morning for at least 25 to 30 days you do it for 25 to 30 days what will happen is on the 31st day you're not even gonna think about it you just you're gonna just get up and work out and when you don't work out it'll feel weird that's what happens with habits right so, in the previous example with the alarm clock, we can say that after the 31st day, we formed a behavior pattern where now we can fade away from the alarm clock. So, is it possible? Yeah. And that example is definitely possible. In the example with dogs, is it possible? Yes. But let me add more, to, more details to this, to this, uh, to this example. And to this whole concept of fading away from a training tool. See, I, I gave you the human version of how long it takes to form a long-term behavior or sort of a habit. For people, it's about 25 to 30 days. For dogs, it's longer than that. Okay, for dogs, it's, it's longer than that. I believe, I don't I can't cite it off the top of my head, but what i have heard what i've been taught and there is research somewhere out there i'm i'm pretty sure if you know it i would love to hear it if you can cite it um but it it for dogs it is said this is backed up with with experience too for dogs it is said that it takes 6 to 8 months of a new behavior pattern for it to become a behavior pattern for them on their own. I can tell you this is the case with all the dogs that I've worked with that I've kept for a, for a long for a, a long period of time and dogs that I have worked with indirectly, meaning they were not my personal dogs. Okay? So, like, for example, Jax, uh, one of my personal dogs, when we adopted him, he was already three years old, wild dog, just... No rules, no boundaries, just very unruly. Three-year-old dog, rescue dog, no boundaries at all. Very inappropriate, showed some aggression. Very inappropriate with dogs. Showed human aggression in uh, territorial contexts. And so what, what did we do? I was very consistent with him for well, well over eight months. What happened after that period of time, it's almost like it took less effort to to keep him in line. It's like he on his own made the right decisions most of the time. We had created this habit of, hey, s- uh, somebody knocks on the door, you don't get to do the thing that you really want to do. We're going to do it this way every single time consistently for several, several months at some point definitely within the year mark but after several months Jack started to anticipate certain things it's like okay this is what we do so this is what I'm going to do it makes sense I've only been doing it for, for six to eight months okay so I would say that is when you would want to think about fading away from the tool once the tool has been used consistently, that's the key word, consistently for six to eight months, okay? After a month or so, that's not going to be enough. Think about it. You're battling probably years of experience doing something a certain way. In the case of Jax, he was three when we got him. He had been unruly, very inappropriate, and even aggressive for probably well, well over two years, being three years old at that time. So if he had been doing that for well over two years, why would I think that in just two weeks, he would stop doing that? Doesn't make sense. right? If you've been a slob, and you've been like a, a person who's, who sleeps in until noon for years, it's going to take more than just a couple of weeks of waking you up at 5 to to change that. All right? It's going to take more than a couple of weeks of just working out for you to want to do it on your own. So naturally, with dogs, we're looking at the same thing. I'm trying to change a behavior pattern here, and if I if I feel like a particular tool is going to help me, I want to be consistent with that tool for a good period of time, for several, several months of consistency, then I can start thinking about, okay, you know what? I feel like in the last... It's been several months already, and in the last week, I've only used this like maybe once. But it would have to be... It would would have to have been done with consistency prior to that point. If you like half-ass use it... If you use it, but you're not that good at using it, you're not consistent. You could you could spend six to eight years and still nothing's gonna change because you're not using it properly. Okay. So once you go to the, through that period of time where you practice, the dog has practiced a new behavior pattern with the help of whatever training tool you're using. In this case, the prong collar, for a period of about six to eight months, then you'll start to notice that the dog will start anticipating the right. Behavioral patterns. Okay, this is that. This is what happened with Jax. Jax, at this point, he could be completely naked, no collars or nothing. And nine out of ten times, he's gonna come back to me when I call him. I say nine out of ten, not ten out of ten, because he's a dog. He's an animal. He's gonna make his own choices. He is gonna make mistakes. nine out of ten times, I'm telling you, completely naked, all of that, he can come right back to me. The tenth time that I. That, that he doesn't come back, I'm consistent. I'm going to follow through and I'm going to make sure that he comes to me any way that, that, that I can make it happen. If I call you, there's only, and you know what the recall is, if I call you and you know what that is, there's only one way that's going to end and it's going to be with you coming to me. Okay, That's how consistent I want to be. So at this point, Jax could be completely naked and he will do the right behavior pattern. Because now, being 12 years old, we've had him since he was three, now being 12 years old, he, he has had several years, way longer with the right behavior pattern than the one he had prior to three years of age. Okay? So you're talking about nine years, nine years of the appropriate behavior patterns that he's been practicing versus just the two years or so two two and a half year don't not really count the first year a whole lot of his life but versus the two and a half years that he's had of practicing the wrong behavior pattern or the the inappropriate behavior pattern so now i have of course a longer period of time of him practicing the right behavior pattern so with him i could say i don't uh, not that i could say I, I i am saying it i don't use a prong collar on him what i used on him was the uh The star mark, I did use the prong too. But one thing that I did use a lot was the uh the slip collars. So I use the slip collar, but I don't I rarely correct them. Because his behavior pattern is so set in right now. Okay, so first let's review again real quick. People want to fade away from the tool because they haven't really bought into it. Deep, deep down, they think it's evil. Even if they tell you, yeah, that makes sense. Deep, deep down, they're still looking at it as this is evil. I'm a, I'm embarrassed to use that thing. I'm ashamed. I don't want my friends to see me using that thing on my dog because I don't want them to see it. I don't feel good using it. Uh, my priority, my question at the top of my list is going to be, when can I get rid of it? Okay? That's usually the why. The how is you got to make it consistent for several months. You have to use it properly for several months until the new behavior pattern kicks in. And you have to realize that you still have a dog. Let's go back to my human example. Let's say um, you're not a morning person. You're a slob. You wake up at 10, 10 to noon. Okay, maybe you're not a slob. Maybe you just have a night job. Don't get offended if you wake up at 10. But you get you get the point of my example here, my analogy. Let's say you're a slob. You wake up at 10 or noon, and suddenly we tell you, hey, dude, you got to get up at 5 now. And you're like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do that. All right, I'm going to help you. I'm going to use this tool. It's a, it's called an alarm clock. That's the training tool that is going to help you wake up at 5 in the morning every morning. It's going to suck. You're going to be like, oh, I got to change a new behavior pattern. Now, I'm using the alarm clock as something unpleasant just for the sake of the example, training your dog in general does not have to be an unpleasant thing. Okay, it it shouldn't be an unpleasant thing. Yes, there needs to be boundaries. Yes, there needs there needs there need to be rules, but it doesn't have to be like ah, oh, this is gonna suck. Okay, it shouldn't be like that. But for the human example, for the human analogy, I am making that an I am using that example. You're like ah, oh, this is gonna suck. Getting up at five in the morning. Now we're going to use this tool to wake you up at 5 in the morning every morning for at least 30 days. Does that mean, like, hey, man, it's been 30 days. Now you have a habit of waking up at 5 in the morning. Now, can I tell you, hey, don't worry about it. You don't have to get up. You know, you don't have to use the alarm clock anymore. We don't have to use that. We can fade away from the alarm wheel. And now you have a new behavior pattern. And you can be like, yeah, sure. I mean, now it's, I know I wake up before I even realize I'm already up at 5. Good, let's get rid of that alarm clock. If you've experienced this, you know, you know that you can go back to your old habits. You absolutely know that. I've been there. A lot of us have been there where I've been through my slob period where I'm sleeping in until 10 and very little sense of responsibility Suddenly, my life changed. I have to get up at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Maybe even a couple of times uh, for a period of time in my life, had to be up like at 4 in the morning. Some of you guys, obviously, earlier, this isn't a pissing contest. But anyway, so I've been through those times where I'm like, oh, man, I hate waking up in the morning, but I have to set my alarm. That's my training tool. And I set it over and over and over. And then it comes to a point where even on the weekends, I will wake up like at five four in the morning even without realizing I'll be up already but then what happens at some point especially if you don't have the alarm clock anymore your behavior pattern can change it can go right back to what it was before now suddenly you don't need to get up at five anymore now you can uh maybe your life has relaxed a little bit and now you're back to getting up at seven, eight, eight in the morning, 9. Now you're not getting up at 5 on your own anymore, right? So if I want to wake you up at 5, and if, if I need you to wake up at 5 on a more regular basis, what am I going to have to do? What am I going to have to bring back to help you with that choice? I'm going to have to bring back the training tool that we faded away from. Right, and then we're gonna have to like put you in that thirty-day period, and then we can say, all right, it's been a, if it's been long enough, we can get rid of it, we can fade away from it, until you need it again. And then when you need it again, we'll do the same thing. We'll put you back on that thirty-day period until you can do it on your own again, and then we fade away from it until you need it again. Or, or we can just use the alarm clock all along, right? And you don't have to worry about it. Or we can just go, ahead. you know what? Just get up in the morning, early in the morning anyway. Yeah, that makes more sense. Just set your alarm every day. I mean, even if we w- you wake up on your own, you just turn the alarm off before it goes off. You turn it off before it goes off. And if you need to wake up in the morning, good. You wake up in the morning and now you have a much more productive lifestyle. You get up early. You get a lot more done. So we could just use it because it's a tool that helps us be consistent with our pattern of waking up early in the morning because that's a desirable behavior pattern in this example at least. So what what am I hinting at here with dog training? Here is my hint. Not, not a hint, really. I'm just telling you how it is. Why are you so concerned with fading away from a tool that is obviously effective? Here's a couple of reasons why people go, you have to fade away, right? The, the dog trainers are big when it comes to shaming other dog trainers and other people. I hear this from dog trainers where they go, well, you know, if you if you don't fade away from the tool, you're not really a trainer, you're not really training. The tool is my vehicle to train my dog. Think about it. If the tool is my vehicle to train my dog, I'm not just setting the prong collar, whatever training tool. I Remember, I already told you the prong is not my go-to tool, but I'm just using that as an example because that's how we came up on the question. I'm not setting the prong collar on autopilot and going, hey, prong, do your thing. Obviously, if I'm using the prong, I'm using the prong. If I'm using the slip collar, I'm using the slip collar. If I'm using the e-collar, I am using the e-collar. As a vehicle to help me emphasize and reinforce the proper behavior patterns so if if I do it for that reason and it's effective, why am I in a rush to get away from it just so that I can prove to myself and to you that i'm a that I'm worthy of the title dog trainer? First, I don't give a crap. I really don't. I truly could not care less what you or anybody thinks. I'm happy with myself, so I don't need that self-validation, and I don't need the validation from anybody else. But this isn't about me. This is about the client that I'm helping, right? If I'm helping that client, if I'm helping this person, Willie, who's ultimately going to suffer from fading away from that tool not me right the inconsistency will show up here's why too, here's why I don't have a problem not fading, this is why I'm not in a rush to fade away from any tool, yeah I did it with Jacks, but this is why I'm not in a rush Okay. here's another reason they are animals if me as a human being, I'm likely to revert back to waking up at ten and being a slob if I don't have certain routines and patterns and tools to keep me in check. If I am likely to make mistakes occasionally. And these mistakes could become habits. And these habits could turn me, turn my life into into uh you know in, so that it makes me a shitty person. If that can happen to me, being a human being, why would it not happen to a dog? Dog, dogs make mistakes too. Okay, so if let's say you go through a whole year of using the prong, okay, like you've been consistent, your your timing, your consistency has been on point, and you do it for a year, man, like uh, on on the 366 day after an entire year you um, you know you go wow I haven't used I've, I've, he's had it on but I haven't used it in like you know at least a week he's ready for me to fade away from that tool you take it off right you take the prong off and your dog is back to normal back to you know not back I'm sorry but you take the prong off and suddenly your dog is is behaving like you've intended like you've practiced for the past year. Are you telling me that dog is never going to make a mistake? Are you telling me that dog will always, every single time, come back when you call him? Are you saying he's never, ever going to get distracted? That would be ridiculous. That would be a ridiculous assumption. He's not a machine. He's a dog. There are going to be times where you're going to tell him, heal, and he's going to say, not today, not right now. I'm very distracted by this smell. So now that you've faded away from your tool and your dog is completely naked, what are you going to have to do? One of two things. A, you're going to have to compromise your consistency. Or B, you're going to have to put your hands on your dog. If you compromise your consistency, what lesson did that dog just learn? Oh, he doesn't follow through. No, you know what? I, I can't get away with this. And is he likely to make that mistake again after that? Yes. And then after that? Yes. And after that and after that? Yes. And then before you know it, he's back to the dog he was a year before that. Option two, you put your hands on your dog. Well, you don't have a prong or nothing. You don't have the tool. I'm, again, just using a prong. It could be any training tool. Whatever training tool, slip, martingale, whatever you want it to be. Now, you don't have the tool that was effective, that, w- that was the right vehicle. Now, what are you going to have to do? He's an animal. He's not, he's not a baby. He's not a little person with four legs. He's an animal. So now you're going to have to put your hands on your dog to to not sacrifice consistency. Okay? Now, you're putting your hands on your dog. That's, that doesn't replicate the effective tool you had. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to get physical with your dog. And that's a better alternative. I mean, some people. I actually have heard some people say that 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 is a, a good alternative. I don't know how. They're like, oh, you just gotta put your hands on your dog, so they know that even when they're naked, you can still reach. I get, I get the message. I understand the point, the concept of consistency. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you're gonna experience that consequence one way or another. I, I don't know why you would want to do that. That's why we have tools. You're not, you're not a caveman. But anyway, that's a different topic. So that's why I don't have a problem not fading from the tool. If it's a tool that is effective enough, I don't I don't fade away from it. You would you tell a carpenter, hey carpenter, um, you know, we have this tool now. It's called a pneumatic nail gun. It's pressure, you don't have to like hammer it with a hammer, you don't have to whack it like a bunch of times. You can just point the nail gun to to this to this spot. Hit that trigger, and instantly the nail goes right through. We're gonna use that as a tool to help you accomplish what you need to accomplish, but oh yeah, at some point we're gonna to have to fade away from that because you know carpenter you can't call yourself a carpenter if you have to rely on tools, what kind of carpenter are you? That's ridiculous, right I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't I wouldn't say, oh, if you use a nail gun, don't even call yourself a carpenter. That doesn't make sense then, but for some reason, that somehow makes sense with dog trainers when it really even shouldn't because, I mean, at least as a carpenter, I'm working with two-by-fours. I'm working with plywood. I'm working with materials that don't change, that are predictable. With an animal, I'm working with an animal that makes up its mind moment by moment, that it decides to do things moment by moment, that it makes choices that are not always in alignment with what I want, moment by moment. So to answer the question, to answer the question, can you fade from the tool? Yes, you absolutely can. Wait a minimum of six to eight months of consistency before you start fading away. How you're going to know you can fade away is when you realize after several months That it's been several days since you've actually had to use it. That's when you know, I'm ready to fade away. But if you think to yourself, man, it's been eight months. When was the last time you used it? Uh, Two hours ago. Actually, the last training session I used it. Okay, you're not ready. When was the last time you used it before that? Oh, the day uh, yesterday. Okay, when was the last time you used it before that? The day before. You're definitely not ready to fade away from the tool. Several months of consistent and proper use. Then... Ask yourself, has it been at least a week since I haven't used it? Has he responded 99% of the times for at least a week? If the answer is yes, congratulations. You've reached that point in your dog's life where it is now made the new behavior pattern more permanent. Now you can fade away from the tool. Okay. But be aware that. Even after you fade away from the tool, you have to remember you are working with an animal. And that animal can make mistakes. And that animal at some point will tell you to go screw yourself when you tell them to to heal or come. It will occasionally do that. When it does, you only have two choices. No more than two choices. You only have two choices. That's it. It's it's non-compromise. Choice number one, compromise your consistency. Don't follow through because you don't have a tool anymore. Be aware that that leads to more chances of the dog repeating the offense. Choice number two, you have to be consistent. You're not going to compromise your consistency, but you don't have a training tool, so now you're going to have to put your hands on your dog. You're going to have to get physical with your dog to let your dog know that you're going to follow through no matter what. Those are your only two choices if you fade away from the tool and your dog makes a mistake. The alternative, of course, is don't fade away from the tool. If it works, why would you fade away from it? Okay, It's just logical. And I'm using logic here, guys. I'm not telling you my view on on how it is. It's not my personal belief that that's what's going to happen. That is what will happen your dog is not a machine. It you can you don't just train it and then it's good for the rest of its life. And when it screws up and you don't have the tool that was effective for you, those are the only two choices you have. That's logic, that's not emotion. If you like this episode, make sure you like and subscribe. Follow me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and your favorite podcast platform. Check out my books on Amazon, William Garrido, G-A-R-R-I-D-O, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.